0: Praise God. God is so good. Amen. And God's been doing good stuff this morning, and I believe there's more, more good stuff that He wants to do in our hearts this morning. Praise God for that. So, um, we had Pastor Stewart course last week. Great message on um free to fly. I put your hand up if you were here last week. So some of you weren't here last week. So I'd really encourage you to catch up on it. It's not actually on Spotify yet, because I'm the people person who does it. Uploads them is on holiday at the moment, so it's a couple of weeks behind. But it will be up there very, very soon. So I'd really encourage you to to listen to that. It was just a great message. And then prior to that, I've been speaking about Jesus, uh, the Anointed One. I did say we'd got to the end of the series, and I've changed my mind, or let I should say God's God's changed my mind on that. So I believe there's just some more more stuff to say. So we're going to end that end the series today. There's some more stuff that Jesus just wanted to. I just want to draw out of that, that scripture. So we're talking about Jesus, his ministry, How is the anointed one. That's what Christ, you know, Christ is the Greek word. Messiah is the Hebrew word, meaning the same thing, mean, mean the anointed one. That's what it is, it's Jesus, the anointed one. And what was the anointing on Jesus? A key scripture, has been, of course, has been Luke 4, verse 14 to 21. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into synagogue, as was his custom. This is up to read, the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. On rolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And this is a quote from Isaiah 61. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And Jesus began by saying to them, "Today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing." So I've been talking about this about Jesus, the Anointed One, the anointing that was on that was on uh, Jesus, and we've looked at different um, aspects of that. You know, He's anointed people to proclaim good news to the poor. We spent a week talking about that, recovery of sight to the blind, and, you know, physical blindness, people in religious blindness. Freedom for the prisoners and oppressed. We talked about demonic oppression, and we talked about other stuff, and people with struggling with identity and, and finding their identity in Jesus, and, and uh, being oppressed in, in that way, but finding freedom in Jesus. And I believe there's some more stuff that God just wants to say about about freedom, uh, freedom this morning. So I want to particularly f- uh, focus on that on that last the last verse to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. I'm going to read it from the read those verses from the um, Amplified version of the Bible. It says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. The, I don't know if we've got this one, have we? I don't know if we've got Amplified, don't know. Anyway, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me, the anointed one, the Messiah, to preach the good news or the gospel to the poor. He sent me to announce release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to send forth as delivered those who are oppressed, in other words, those who are downtrodden, bruised, crushed and broken down by calamity. Verse 19, to proclaim the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and the free favours of God profusely abound. I love the Amplified Version, it kind of, kind of brings it, You know, they bring the original kind of Greek writings kind of to life in English. To proclaim the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and the free favours of God profusely abound. Amen? So that's what, that's what Jesus was declaring about himself. So different trans, they translate it slightly differently. The, the year of the Lord's favor, the acceptable year of the Lord, and you know, the day when salvation, the, the favor of God abounds. Do you know the favor of God still abounds upon us? Amen? And that is something to be so, so thankful for. And that is a specific anointing upon Jesus to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's what Jesus was, was doing wasn't He? as a Messiah, as the as Christ, as a, as a Messiah who had been prophesied to come. That was fulfilling the scripture. Is this was the favor of favor of God, you know, being being fulfilled, Amen. All that had been written in the Old Testament and and you know all the whole sacrificial system and all that, that the Jews had to do in order to kind of find favor with God, this was Jesus ultimately fulfilling that, Amen. Proclaiming the acceptable year of the Lord, the year of the Lord's favor, praise God, the favors of God abound, Amen. And that that that, that verse. Um, it specifically recalls some of the, those of you who know your Old Testament, you may know this, but this what is something Jesus is specifically referring to here, as a lot of what Jesus said connects with stuff in the Old Testament, and sometimes we can can miss it, and it's really, really important to understand it. So when, when Jesus was talking about this, and obviously he was reading from Isaiah 61, that's what he was quoting, the year of the Lord's favour, the acceptable year of the Lord, it refers to the Jubilee legislation, um, which is written in Jewish law and is written in Leviticus. 25, that's what specifically talking about. And what this was, was was what's called the year of jubilee. And the year of jubilee, the year of the Lord's favor. Leviticus 25, verse 8 to 13 says this. Count seven Sabbath years, so seven times seven years, that's 49. Uh, So the seven Sabbath years amount to a period of 49 years. Then sound the trumpet everywhere on the tenth day of the seventh month, on a day of atonement. Sound the trumpet throughout your land. Consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you. Each of you is to return to your family property and to your own clan. The 50th year shall be a jubilee for you. Do not sow and do not reap what grows of itself or harvest the untended vines. For it is a jubilee and is to be holy for you. Eat only what is taken directly from the fields. In this year of jubilee, everyone is to return to their own property. So this is something that God had instituted um, in a in Jewish law so every seven years they'd have a Sabbath year just like the, like the end day of the week which for them was Saturday you know it was, it was a Sabbath day so every seven years they'd also have a Sabbath year and then kind of like every, every seven lots of Sabbaths every 49 years they'd have a massive celebration the year of Jubilee I we mean, haven't got time to look into all kind of like the, the legislation and stuff that God laid down about it but basically it would be a whole time of liberty and freedom you know, debts debts will be paid off. You know, slaves will be set free if you if you if you were enslaved or you were a servant of someone, you would be you'll be set free um, in the year of Jubilee. And this is what happened every every fifty years. Amen. So verse 10 it says, Consecrate the fiftieth year became liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a Jubilee for you, each of you to turn to your family property to your own clan. So, so when Jesus was talking about proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor, he was talking about proclaiming liberty, proclaiming freedom. Now, we talked about how Jesus came to set the oppressed free, and we talked about different aspects of that, but I believe there's a lot more stuff that God wants to say about liberty this morning. You know, we've, we've given out the freedom in Christ certificates to the kids this morning. It's God's heart attitude is, is to give us liberty and freedom, and for us to live in liberty and freedom. If you're not, if you're not live, feeling that you live in liberty and freedom right now, God wants to change that. God wants to bring change, and He wants to bring freedom um, into your into your life. Amen. You know that is God's heart for us. You know this 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 past week has been the uh, the U- U.S. Um, Independence Day on on the fourth of Fourth of July, and for them, you know, right or wrong, wrong is Brits. A lot of us being Brits, we might have different views about these things. But for Americans, uh, it was it's a it's a celebration of freedom, isn't it? The celebration of their freedom from the British Empire, as it was, as it was back then, and their freedom, and of this, there was a war of independence, and America uh, won that war, and so therefore became a, a free and independent country. Obviously, it was a lot smaller back then, and it's got a lot bigger since, kind of geographically. But for them, they call it Independence Day. It's their, it's their day, of, day of freedom, and, and, you know, and God wants us to live in that same freedom, to, to live in, in liberty, in, in spiritual liberty. Amen? And and what Jesus was proclaiming is about who who he was as a Messiah. You know, of course, this is very prophetic about him as a Messiah, him as the Christ, as the Messiah, the Anointed One, is what he was going to do for the cross, what he was going to do on the cross, what that was going to accomplish for our liberty, what that was going to accomplish for our freedom. Amen? And there's three specific aspects, like every sermon. I've got three points this morning. (laughs) So um, there's three aspects I just want to draw out of that this morning about the way that God wants us to live in freedom. Amen? And we want to pray, myself and Wendy, we really want to pray for some people later in the service as well. I think that would be a good thing to do because we want every single person to know that freedom. And if we're honest with ourselves, sometimes we don't feel free. And we can feel bound up by stuff. And, you know, that is not God's intention for you. That's how you feel right now when I say to you that's not God's heart for you. That's not God's will and purpose for your life. He wants you to be completely free in him, to know total spiritual freedom in him. Amen? Amen. All still with me? Yeah. Uh, fabulous, excellent, great stuff. So let's start looking at these three points. So, three different ways that God brings freedom, brings, brings liberty, and wants us to live in freedom. Firstly, is freedom from slavery. Freedom from slavery. Now, the Bible says, and as believers, we know this is a reality, that, that we used to be, if you're, if you're a believer this morning, you used to be a slave to sin. That's what the Bible says. You know, Galatians 5, verse 1 is one of my favorite verses. And I'm sure you know it. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm them and do not let yourselves be burdened by a yoke of slavery. You know, the good news for you this morning, and this is what Jesus was declaring, it was good news then, is that we do not need to live as slaves to sin. You know, sin has no right to be a master in your life. Maybe you're struggling with some stuff in your life and no one's being condemned this morning. In fact, this, this, is all good, this is all good news for you. <laughs> this isn't all bad news. Okay? This is good news for you. If there's stuff where you're struggling in your life, and it could be habits, it could be just, just stuff that's just kind of tangling you up, the good news is God wants you to live in total freedom. The sin has no right to be a master in your life. Now, we may still struggle with stuff, and there may be times when we, we mess up and none of us are perfect. And then we can just come back and confess our sins as, as we know that we can. But what I'm talking about here is people who are just bound up by stuff. And you've got the same kind of struggles and the same and the same issues just affect you over and over and over again. As like I said, there's no condemnation this morning for those in Christ Jesus, but God wants you to live in total freedom, Amen. You know we've been brought out of the dominion of darkness and, and trans, translated into the kingdom of light. we have been brought out of one dominion, a dominion of, of, of slavery, to the kingdom of light, which is a kingdom of freedom, Amen. Paul writes this in Romans six, verse fifteen to eighteen. What then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law but under grace? By no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey? Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You've been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. Yes, you know, this is where our world is, and this is where we were in our pre-Christian Christian state. Is that people are slaves to sin. When when you're slaves to sin, you have no you have no option but to obey your master. You know, the master being the devil, or your or your sinful nature being your master. Yeah, but the great news is for us as believers this is what Jesus was declaring the year of the Lord's favour, the year of jubilee, the year of liberty and and freedom. Is our sinful nature has been dealt with. That sin is no longer our master. Amen. I said this before, and I'll say it again: the devil has no right to do anything in your life if you're a believer this morning. Literally, has no right to anything. Now he will try, and and, uh, there there could be opportunities that we give him; those things might happen. But as as long as you don't give him any opportunities, he has no right to do anything in your life. Nothing. He's lost all kind of spiritual, legal authority over you. Everything. Remember, you're not in you're not in his dominion anymore. Right? You've been brought out of the dominion of darkness. You're in the kingdom, kingdom of light. Amen. So sin is no longer, our master, Jesus, sorry, it's, it's possible, Paul writes, you know, we, the old has gone and the new has come. Our sinful nature has been dealt with, it's been nailed to the cross. Amen. You know, we've been bought at a price. And this is what would happen in, 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 those, in, in, in those days where, where sl- natural slavery was, was an awful thing, obviously, but it was, was rife. You know, people were being sold, people were being sold into slavery all the time. And if you had, if you had huge debts, that was one way kind of out, of out of debt is you had to kind of always pay with it with your life. But one way people could be set free from, from slavery or from servanthood is a price would be paid, like kind of the bond price would be paid, and they could be set free. You know, and that's what Jesus has done for us. He, he's paid that price. We've been bought at a price, the Bible says. To, and a huge price was paid by Jesus, the biggest price he could pay to secure your release from the slavery of sin. That make sense this morning, amen? So, so I just want to encourage you this morning, don't live as slaves to sin. And if you're feeling bound up by stuff, then that's not God's heart for you. He wants you to know total freedom in him. Sin does not have to be your master. It has no right to be your master. Amen? Your sinful nature has been dealt with. You now have the nature of God. You've changed from one nature to another nature. Amen? We, we, can, we can live and we can run free. We can fly free, as, as Pastor Stu talked about last week. Amen? So as Jesus declared the year of the Lord's favourite is liberty from slavery to sin. Amen. That's okay. Another aspect is freedom from freedom from debt. So one thing would happen at a time of Jubilee, as I mentioned, is that is that those with, with physical debts and those debts would be written off and, and, and forgotten about. That sounds nice, does not it? <laughs> that happened every 50 years, not like, just forget about everything. Okay. Sounds easy. So, but I'm not talking about natural debt here or financial debt, but you know. We've already talked about the debt of sin, and that's kind of one thing, one thing that, that, that Jesus, obviously, a huge thing that Jesus dealt with. And in Jubilee terms, of the burden of financial debt. But what I talk about is just the burden of spiritual debt. And what I mean by that is, that is that there can be things that we carry from our past and things that we're carrying in our lives, or it could be current circumstances, and they're becoming like a debt or a burden in our lives. And, and that could be a reality maybe in your life right now. And God wants you to know total freedom. Again in your situation. He wants you to know freedom from all spiritual debt and burdens. Matthew eleven, verse twenty-eight, well-known scripture, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, you will find rest for your souls. So my yoke is easy, my burden is light. So so often we can be burdened by by circumstances going on in your life in our lives. Maybe there's some stuff you're struggling with. Uh, right now or a health situation or whatever situation it might be and that can feel like a burden can't it? let's just be real about this stuff because sometimes as, as christians we, we we sometimes we think we can pull the wool over god's eyes by saying what we think he wants to hear don't we I, i've done that oh, i'm just gonna be real even no one else, <laughs> else is. okay we can think we can pull the wool over god's eyes we, we tell god what we think he wants to hear you know and you can't, we, we have to be real about this stuff sometimes we can feel very burdened by stuff going going on our lives you know some of the burdens of our past maybe the stuff you struggle with in your past maybe the stuff that's happened to you in your past and it feels like a burden it feels like there's weight that you carry around and you're constantly carrying this around and it feels like you can and maybe it feels like you can never ever be free of this burden maybe things have been done to you or been said to you spoken over you and it feels that like you just cannot let go of your burden you know it's not God's will for you to live in that place forever it's God's for you it's God's will for you to live completely free amen totally set free from that we can come to him, all who are like, weary and burdened, and he will give us, give us rest. Amen? Maybe it be like the burden or the debt of the environment you grew up in. Maybe you grew up in a really difficult environment. Maybe you had a really difficult relationship with your parents, or maybe you were not even live with your parents. There could be all sorts of stuff that could have, could have gone on in your life. And again, it feels like a burden. It feels like you're something you can never be free from. God wants you just to be totally healed of that and to live free for him. The debt of maybe wrong relationships that you've had. And stuff. And again, you just carry that stuff around as you, you just feel a, a, a weight. It feels like a, just a weight around your neck, or maybe there's guilt from your past. But again, God wants you to be totally delivered from that. It's not His will for you to feel burdened. Amen. This is great news. And This is what Jesus is declaring the year of the Lord's favor, the acceptable year of the Lord, when His favor abounds. Amen. You know, any of those debts, those burdens, those things that, that weigh us down, we can bring them to Jesus and lay them at His feet. Amen. Praise God. You know, and Jesus, as we, as we kind of just, just lay those burdens down, or we bring them to the cross, then Jesus sets us free. That divine exchange takes place, and, and Jesus gives us total liberty and total freedom in that. Amen? You know, I often when I think about this sort of stuff, I think about the Apostle Paul. When you think about all that Paul did, you think about all, this, all the stuff that he was doing it in the name of, or thought he was doing it for God. You know, he was literally going around killing Christians, seeing them stoned, Overseeing it all, um, you know, terrifying, terrorizing the, the the early church. That's that's reality. What Paul was doing, right? It was almost like a terrorist. That's what he was doing to try and stop the work of God. And 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 he, and he thought he was doing it in the name of God, because he thought what they were doing was wrong, or, or they were anti-Jewish, or, or whatever is in his thinking as a, as a Pharisee that the Apostle Paul was, you know, originally. You know, that could so easily, it could have been a huge debt. I mean, that's quite a burden to carry, right? You know, if you read about in in the New Testament, when they, when when they start to hear about Paul starting to get, after Paul's been saved and radically saved, of course he has that vision of Jesus, and is radically saved on the road to Damascus. Has an incredible experience with 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 Jesus, and his whole life has changed. And when, when, when the early church, they start to hear about Paul going around preaching, they're all terrified. They're like, this is this guy, this is the guy, same guy who's just killing Christians. They can't quite believe you know, what's happened in his life. And, and for him, it, must, it could so easily have been just this huge burden he carried around. But he knew total freedom in Jesus. There's no burden that he cannot deal with. So God wants to give you liberty from your burdens this morning. Amen? So it's freedom from slave, freedom from spiritual slavery, freedom from spiritual debt. And the third aspect I want to look at this morning is freedom from spiritual work. Now, in a natural sense, I don't know if you, any of you are looking forward to retirement, or some of you are retired already. <laughs> way off, way off, yeah. It seems to be getting later and later. It's going to be about 75 by the time I get there, the age, retirement age probably. It seems <laughs> to be getting later and later, isn't it? Anyway. No, but that's when you have like kind of, one sense freedom from work, don't you? Because you no longer have the same expectations. You don't have to get up in the morning. You don't have all these expectations of, of what you have to do. That sounds good in a lot of ways. I know probably some retired people probably miss work. I know that happens as well. But in a natural sense, God wants us to have freedom from work. Now, what I mean by that, because I need to explain what that means, is we talked earlier about the demands of the Old Testament Old Testament law and, and all they had to do in the whole sacrificial system and the Day of Atonement when, when all their sins were kind of like... Uh, be purified once a year and all kind of like, religious feasts they had to remember and, and the whole point of the Old Testament was to point towards Jesus of course but they essentially had to they had to do works didn't they in order to get salvation in order to be accepted by God in, in Jewish times then they had to do works there was things they had to do and it was things that God had put them. they weren't making it up Although some of the religious leaders took things way too far and stuff that wasn't in the law, but in a general sense, they weren't making stuff up. It was stuff that God had put in place. But but, but the thing to remember about it was, it was all about pointing towards Jesus. That was the whole purpose of it. You know, but we have complete freedom from working for our salvation. We have total freedom. Now this will really trigger those who struggle, who who are deep in religion or religious people. They will really this will this will trigger them. To be quite honest. The reality that Jesus wants us to live in total freedom from working for our salvation it is not something in any way that we can work, work for. You know, this, gets, this goes against everything that we understand as is humans, isn't it? There's no such thing as a free lunch. You know, everything's got a catch and all that, kind of, all that kind of stuff. But the reality is it is a completely, totally free gift. Amen? Titus 3, verse 4 to 7 says this, When the kindness and love of God of our Saviour appeared, He saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, who he poured out on us generously through Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things that we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, who he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that, having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs through the hope of eternal life. Amen. We've already talked about the hope of eternal life this morning, you know. But the reality is, we don't need to work for our salvation. And this goes against can go so often against all our kind of human thinking, doesn't it? Because it, it feels like we should have to work for it, doesn't it? It, it doesn't it doesn't seem right. It seems like it's almost you know. Too, they, they say, don't they, when 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 they talk about you know kind of avoiding financial scams and stuff, and there is a lot of that stuff, sadly happens. You know, if something seems too good to be true, it probably is. You know, that's one of one of our phrases, isn't it? If something something looks like that can't possibly be right, it's probably best avoided because it's probably some sort of scam. Someone's trying to get money out of you or something. But Christianity almost isn't isn't that is a sense because it's almost like it's too good to be true, but it is reality. You don't have to work for it. We don't need to try and make God like us. This is all about the year of the Lord's favor, the year of jubilee, the liberty and freedom he wants us to live in. We don't need to work to make God accept us. All we have to do is accept the reality of what God has done for us and what the cross accomplished for us. You know, we don't even need to work to be transformed. Again, this can trigger religious people. We don't even need to work to be transformed. Now, what I mean by that is, of course, we need to be transformed. And that's an ongoing process. Our salvation, which initially happens in our sanctification which is our ongoing kind of you know, process of becoming more and more Christ-like, even that we don't work for because it's the work of the Holy Spirit. We just read that in Titus. Amen? He saved us not first Titus Titus five, He saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit who poured out on us gener- generously through Jesus Christ our Savior. So even the ongoing work of sanctification in our everyday lives and becoming more and more like Jesus, it's still not an act of our works. It's still because of the Holy Spirit. Amen? We just need to allow the Holy Spirit to, to be our master and decide who, who we're going to serve, who's, who's the boss in your life, as I've talked about before, you know, the, uh, kind of our, our mind and will and emotions, or, or whether it's our soul or whether it's our spirit, whether it's the Holy Spirit within us. But we don't even need to work to be transformed. We don't need to work to be saved, and we don't need to work to be transformed. Both salvation and sanctification are works of the Holy Spirit. The reality is we don't deserve either of them, and we can't earn them some news for this morning. You cannot you, we don't we don't deserve salvation. We don't deserve sanctification. We don't deserve either of them and we can't earn salvation or earn sanctification. That's a great truth. Amen. But how much liberty and freedom we can find in that. It just sets us free from so much stuff that just just binds us. That we kind of think, well I'm just I'm just not good enough for God. Maybe these are things that you struggle with in your life and the thoughts that you have. Well I'm just not good enough for God. He he couldn't possibly use me. These are all things we can, we can, we can think, and they're just lies from the pit of hell. They're not truth. They're not reality. Because it's all because of because it's, it's if, you're, if you're thinking that, it's, it's slightly misunderstanding. You know what Jesus has done for you. Because it's all because of Him. It's all because of the Holy Spirit and that rebirth and renewal that is an ongoing process. You know, in your life, we don't need to work for salvation. Man, it's a completely free gift. It's a gift of grace. Grace literally means unmerited favor. It's a favor of God. We're talking about the year of the Lord's favor and His grace upon us. So that's kind of all I wanted to say this morning. But I believe it'd be good just to. I believe there's some people that just need to be set free this morning, and God just wants to bring freedom into your life and you to know the year of the Lord's favor this morning, to know that acceptable year of the Lord, to know His blessings upon you. Whether, whether you're struggling with stuff, with, with sin and habits in your life, whether you feel like you're a slave to sin, that's not God's heart for you. It's his heart for you to be totally set free and to live free. No sin, no, no habit, no, no issue has any right to be a master in your life. Jesus paid a huge price so you could be set free from that. Your sinful nature is being dealt with. You're no longer a slave to sin. He he's paid the price so that you could be free. Amen? Freedom from debt and, and our burdens. If you're burdened by your past, burdened by things that you may have done in your past, burdened by current circumstances, that's not, again, God's heart for you. He wants you to live totally free this morning. He wants you to, to go how completely different to how you came in, to know his liberty and his freedom. Amen? Or maybe you're struggling in the whole concept of you know, salvation being a free gift. And you think, well, I've just got to work hard and I've just got to try and try and make God like me. Or how could God ever like me? He, he doesn't know what, he's, what, what I've done. Well, Firstly, he absolutely does know what you've done, because we can't hide anything from God. But there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you're struggling with sin, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, purify us from all unrighteousness. Those are great truths. And you cannot work for your salvation or work for your sanctification if you kind of think, well, I could never become more Christ-like. I, I, I could never do that. It's not about you. It's just about making us, just all you've got to do is just allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life. It's about the renewal of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Praise God. Thank you, God. i was gonna just going to pray for you. If worship team, if you could come back up and just play, that'd be, that'd be great. Let's lead in a song. Thank you, God. Lord, you're so good. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you for your freedom. Thank you for the year of the Lord's favour. Lord, you were anointed to proclaim that. Lord, and Lord, we carry that same anointing. And, and today, Lord, we declare the year of the Lord's favor. Lord, we declare that year of jubilee. Lord, that time of freedom. Lord, God, we thank you, Lord, that we don't need to work for our salvation. We're, we're free from works. Lord, we can be free from our burdens. Lord, we can be free from the power of sin. Thank you, Lord, for that reality and, and those truths. Thank you for the price that you pray, paid for us. Lord, thank you, Lord, that you who set free is free indeed. Lord, you always do a full work, a full job. Thank you, Lord, God. It's your heart for us to live totally in liberty in you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.